Here's what's coming up on today's show. Right, it's that whole sure. Mike Tyson quote that, you know, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Well, like a bear market, a market correction, a crash, all of that is an example of that where people find out way too late that they were taking more risk. There are many factors that contribute to success, skill, good work habits, positive mental attitude, and of course, proper planning. So let's head to the drafting table and get this retirement success blueprint underway with Michael Stewart of Crystal Lake Tax and Financial. I'm your co-host, Mark Killian. Let's get started. Welcome into the podcast. It's another edition of the Retirement Success Blueprint with Michael Stewart from Crystal Lake Tax and Financial. Going to talk with me a little bit about breaking up. Not with me, though, uh, but with <laughs> with your potential advisor. And it's really that navigating that transition from uh, one advisor to another. Maybe you've come to realize that the one you're working with was great for a certain part of your life, but now it's you know time to look for something a little different or whatever the case might be. So in today's episode, we're going to explore maybe sometimes the sensitive and significant process of transitioning from one advisor to another. We'll maybe cover how to recognize when your current advisor isn't a good fit any longer. Again, not that they're doing something wrong, but just maybe just not a good fit. So we're going to go through a few items here on this with Mike this week on the podcast. Welcome in, buddy. What's going on? How are you? I'm going very well right now. Things are going well. We have a lot kind of balls in the air between some client barbecues coming up in early September. We've got you know, football season kicking off. You know, Bears are currently undefeated. That's because they haven't started playing yet. You know, I know your Lions, you know, are, are highly hey, touted. Hey, so. hey, we're going to win the division. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, so a lot, lot of good things happening as we head into fall here. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you guys are definitely busy, busy. So, uh, and it's hot, hot at <laughs> this time of the year, right? So I think uh, we're supposed to be on the, the 100, uh, 101 radar, I think, this week. So, a little toasty out there, but it's late August, right? It happens. So it's that time of the year. But let's get into this conversation piece, uh, you know, because we're all going to be, you know, looking forward to some fall weather soon. And uh, that'll be nice to kind of, you know, break up with summer for a little while. But that's my cheesy transition to get into this conversation. Uh, let's talk <laughs> about breaking up with our advisor. First, we need to understand the reasons you might want to. I mean, I think if it's already crept into your mind that you're, you're it's time to start looking. There's got to be some reasons why, right? So how do you kind of narrow that down or navigate that, Mike? Yeah, really one, a lot of times it happens when, you know, a prospective client, somebody getting a second opinion will wind up coming in and like for one of the first questions is, you know, almost like, why are you here? You know, and, and, right. you know, a lot of times they'll say, you know, everything, everything's going fine. No, I just want a second opinion. And we'll give them kind of the example that, you know, if you went to your cardiologist and he said everything was fine, you wouldn't go get a second opinion. It's only when there's something wrong that now you, you know, you, when deep in your gut, you know, there's something that just isn't right. You know, it doesn't mean somebody's doing something wrong. It just mm-hmm. means maybe, you know, you may have outgrown who you're currently working with and what, you know, what they did for you in the past may not be what you need at this stage of your life going forward. Right. And, and a lot of times that's the case, right? It's not necessarily that they've done something wrong, as I mentioned in the, in the tease. It's just simply you know, they're just no longer going in the same direction that you need to go. And a lot of times we'll get questions like that, Mike, about, uh, well, I never get to talk to you about Social Security or something like that, right? So those are usually when those uh, ideas start kind of creeping in. So the next point would be investors should, you know, really understand the consequences of switching advisors. So what are some things to think about? Are there any financial or, or legal things that we, you know, need to do? Or is that new advisor going to handle a lot of that for us? It really depends on kind of where you're coming from, you know. So let, let, we're assuming that somebody's not necessarily a do-it-yourselfer in this instance. You know, they were working with another broker or an insurance agent or somebody out there. Okay. So, you know, the consequences with it are going to be, you know, when, when we transfer in a new client from another advisory firm, you know, which happens every week, 
is we wind up saying, let's transfer everything in kind. So in kind means we're not selling anything. We're not changing anything. We're not going to cause any taxation or whatever. Just all you're really selecting is who would you like to be your advisor going forward? You know, and then we'll put a plan together and all that for you. But so then that takes away a lot of the consequences. Now there might be, you know, they're going to kick you on the way out, charge an account closing fee or something like that. That's usually 75 to hundred bucks an account or something. But as far as making any actual changes or, or consequences or taxes associated with that, we really mitigate that by just saying, you know what, we're doing an in-kind transfer. What you have is, you know, the only thing that's going to change is my name's going to be the advisor uh, on, of record rather than the other person. So that way, when we roll up our sleeves and actually start putting that plan together, we have a pretty good indication of, you know, here's where our starting point is. And until we actually have something come about, we're not going to worry about making any changes until we know they need to be made. Yeah. So, so some documents, I'd imagine we sign some things, things of that nature, right? But a lot of that's getting handled and, and then you guys take it from there, correct? No, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, can it have a impact on the portfolio or the strategy? I would say I, this seems like this may be a big reason why you're doing it. So often that would be the case, right? It would have an impact on what you're currently doing or maybe not. Maybe the portfolio is great, but to our point a minute ago, it's really about taxation side or maybe even other things like social security or legacy planning. Yeah. It's what I've seen having done this for 23 years in the industry is a lot of people come in with the same portfolios that they had 10, 15 years ago, even though they're 10 or 15 years closer to retirement, they're 10 or 15 years further along. So what winds up happening is, you know, there's a reason why they're, you know, they're thinking something's different. They either think they're taking too much risk. Maybe they had a bigger loss than they knew they were susceptible to. Maybe they get a big tax bill because maybe things aren't being managed tax efficiently. So chances are there are going to be some changes to the portfolio when you transfer in because basically the portfolio that you had 10 years ago probably isn't the portfolio you need for the next 10 years. Yeah. But really, but really, once again, you don't make those choices until after you actually start building out a plan and let the plan of what your goals are, your income needs, your tax situation, let that plan dictate how you change investments going forward. The unfortunate thing about the industry is a lot of people already know what they're going to sell you before they actually you know, put a plan together for you. Or most people put together what they call an investment plan, but that's not a financial plan. A financial plan is going to talk about taxes and long-term care and estate planning and investments and risk not just the investment portion. So that's why it really needs to be plan driven and let the plan decide, you know, what tools you utilize in that plan. Well, I was going to ask you and you kind of answered some of my next question there. So before deciding, uh, you know, do the fairness, I would think, and evaluate your current advisor, any metrics or indicators that, you know, you think is a good idea aside from the ones you just covered? Yeah, key things are really a metric of risk. You know, that's that's one of it. And that's a lot of people are say that they're comfortable with risk until it happens, right? It's that whole sure. Mike Tyson quote that, you know, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Well, like a bear market, a market correction, a crash, all of that is an example of that where people find out way too late that they were taking more risk. So, you know, it's, so it's not even that there's something wrong in the portfolio. It's, is it right for you? So when you're vetting that against, say, your current advisor, it really comes down to when you have a conversation with them. And say, you know what, I'm not really comfortable with what's going on in the markets, the economy, or you know, what have you. Are they listening to you? Or are you just hearing, don't worry, buy and hold, stay the course, you know, don't make any changes, stocks in the long run. And and that's what frustrates people more. It's not that they don't understand that that's how the market operates. It's that the fact that a lot of times the advisor is just kind of dismissing them and dismissing their concerns. 
in favor of the portfolio rather than what the real goals and the real risk tolerance is and how comfortable that they are with that. So it's really the relationship that gets hurt more than just the investments themselves. Okay. So we're making the switch then. Let's say we've done that. We've gone through it. We realize it's time to to find a person that's maybe more appropriate for us. Questions to ask. Uh, do we start with credentials or is it philosophy or what's your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think it really always starts with, I mean, credentials are important, right? You know, whether they're a certified financial planner, whether somebody's a fiduciary, you know, not, not a MBA. DJ, right? Yeah. Not, yeah not, <laughs> do you, you remember that commercial with, I think it was the CFP commercial where they had a DJ, they cleaned him all up and they gave him some some bullet points to say and had people convinced that he looked like he was a, a savvy financial person. They were like, oh, oh. Yeah, correct. Just just because he looks the part, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. So you, yeah. So you, yeah, you definitely want to make sure they've got experience or fiduciary, so they legally have to act in your best interest. You know, even you know, get referrals if you need to from existing clients. You know, we we give referral or not referrals, but uh, you know, what, what would you call it? Testimonials or something from you know, to let them speak to an actual client. So we'll give you know, we'll give out the names of clients you know who've who've said that they're okay with it. Where somebody's been a client for 17, 18 years, somebody's been a client for 10 years, and somebody's been a client for a year. So they can talk to them and say, okay, is the relationship the way Mike's described it? Whether you're a long-term client or a new client, you know, it's not just a shiny object kind of thing. So, you know, what kind of experience are they having that? What kind of service level are they having? But some of the questions that you really want to ask is, one, does the current advisor, you know, it's designed to be a relationship, not a transaction. So does the current advisor actually listen to you? Are they saying back the very same things that you're telling them? They may say it in different words or so compared to if you have that issue with your current advisor, like they never listen to me, you know, or mm-hmm. I, I can't tell you how many times spouses have come in and we have, you know, what we call our fit meeting. Are we a fit for you? Are you a fit for us? And, you know, we just have an open conversation about where they are, where they want to go and if we can help. And as we're walking out, and it's usually the wife, sometimes it's a husband, it's it's almost always the wife will, will turn out the very end and say, thank you. And I'm like, oh, for what? You know, I appreciate your time today. And she's like, no, when every time we go see our other advisor, he only talks to my husband. Yeah. yeah. They, she's like, I feel dismissed on the side. And, and she's like, I don't understand a lot of this stuff, you know, the stocks, bonds, bees and stuff like that. But I do still have my own concerns. But the other advisor never asks my opinion about those things or what my concerns are. They only talk to my spouse, you know, and she said, you spent this meeting actually talking to both of us, finding out both financially, you know, qualitatively and quantitatively, like what, you know, what are our goals? What are we really trying to do? And that gets lost a lot in the relationship. So when you're vetting out, you're doing your due diligence on selecting or getting a second opinion from another advisor, it's are they truly hearing you and what your real concerns are? Or are they just talking about investments the whole time? Because there's a huge difference between those two. Yeah, that's a great point. And I think luckily the industry is moving more away from that, I guess, that older stigma, if you will. Uh, of uh, that being the case, but it does still happen from time to time. So we want to make sure that, and I know that's a big stick, uh, a big pride point. I shouldn't say sticking point. Pride point for you guys is that you're making sure both parties are comfortable in understanding what's going on uh, within their strategy and within their plan. So good stuff there. Because uh, you know, if you just Google like financial advisor near me, and that's how you're picking. I mean, okay, fine. You want to go see somebody up, you know, up close and personal, shake a hand or whatever the case is. But there's going to be a lot of information you got to deal with, and depending on where you live, you may have many options or very few. So, is local as important as it used to be? What do you thought? What do you think here? We like to tell clients we have clients in 27 different states. Now, some were local and moved. We've gotten referrals, you know, from other states, from uh, other clients and family members and things. And we say, you know, geography should not be the reason you choose a financial advisor. Okay, it's helpful from a relationship standpoint. It's good to be able to walk into somebody's office, shake somebody's hand, and those things. 
What's more importantly is the quality of the advice that you're getting and making sure that you're both on the same page. You know, and I, we've got clients in 27 different states. So half of this country, we've got clients kind of scattered around. And I always tell them, depending on where you're at, I may come see you for reviews. So, you know, I'm in the Carolinas, I'm in Florida, I'm in Arizona, I'm in, I'm in California that a couple times a year to see various clients in that because those are nice places to visit, right? Yeah. So I say, but, you know, if you're in North Dakota, I'm probably not coming to visit yet on there. You know, come on Maybe now. a beautiful no, place. No love for <laughs> maybe, North Dakota? Come on. Maybe a beautiful place. I'm just not going there. That's the only difference. But yeah, I don't think the geography or the distance should necessarily impact the the level of the relationship or whether you work with clients or, or not, or yeah. whether they choose to work with you. It truly is What's the quality of the advice? Do you feel heard? Have they built a plan that actually addresses what your concerns, your needs are, so that you have confidence and clarity going forward in all the financial decisions that you're making? So you're not, you know, up at night sweating out what's going on in the market. What's the Fed going to do tomorrow? Because that's not a good retirement to live. You want to know we got enough income coming in for, until we take our last breath. Our state plan's in order, so we're not concerned about what happens at the end. And if we had a healthcare event, how would we pay for it? You know, without draining our savings. When you have the confidence of those answers, you have a real financial plan, and it doesn't matter if the person's down the street or across the country. Mm, yeah, some good points. You know, and, and I've lived in so many cold places. I'm with you. You know, I've lived in the Windy City for a number of years as well, and I've lived in some uh, places I thought were mighty cold. But the Dakotas and Wyoming in like February are another level of cold. Um, you know, being a Chicago guy, we know what cold feels like. But I'm telling you, if you've never experienced it. February in Wyoming is another kind of level. <laughs> so I yeah. get I get where you're going there when it's talking about yeah. North Well, I know where I will not be in February then. Right? Yes, it is. My in-laws live in uh, Casper. And man, is it cold there. I was like, holy moly. <laughs> All right. So we've made the transition. Like I said, after the switch, any key points here? We talked a little bit about already about like documents being signed and in-kind you know, transfers, things of that nature. Um, what are some other key things here? Evaluate the performance after a few months or uh, what's some takeaways to think about once you've made that switch? Yeah. So in ours, we, we call our planning process, our proprietary planning process is called the Retirement Success Blueprint. So we have it kind of staged out over the first six months. This is what the relationship looks like. So first is a commitment, right? A commitment by us to take you on as a client, a commitment by you to transfer the assets in under our care. And then after they transfer in, usually takes about two weeks or so. Then we get together for what's called a discovery meeting. And discovery meeting is really we just roll up our sleeves and say, okay, here's where we are. Here's where we want to go. What gaps, landmines do we have in between? Then we'll get together a few weeks after that. And that's our design meeting. Design is, okay, based on everything that you told us, here's what's going to stay the same. Here's what needs to change to accomplish what you're trying to. And then we'll go into implementation shortly after that. So that's about the first month or so of the engagement. And then a couple months later, we'll get together and say, okay, here's what your portfolio's done. You know, here's what we've built out for you and show you kind of all the bells and whistles attached to it. But then we'll also start staggering over the next three or four months. Here's our tax meeting, you know, where we might do a, a five or 10 minute kind of quick portfolio review. But really the purpose of the rest of that hour is we're going to talk about what tax strategies can we implement over the course of either this calendar year or over the next few years in order to legally pay the least amount of taxes either now or over our lifetime. Then a couple months after that, we get together, 
you know, small portfolio review, but the rest of that is we're going to have an estate planning conversation. Take a look at the estate planning documents we already have in place. Talk about what needs to change or not within those documents. And if we have to pull our legal team in to amend the trust or you need a trust or get powers of attorney, any of those kind of things, we take care of that in-house for you with the legal team as well. And then basically now we get a couple months down the road and we have a healthcare conversation. One, if we're going to retire before 65, how do we bridge to Medicare? If we are, you know, and still, you know, pay our bills and those kind of things until Medicare can kick in. Or we have a conversation saying that, all right, if our assets are at a certain level and we don't want to spend them down, if we had a health care or long-term care event, if we needed home-based health care or go to assisted living facility, how would we pay for that? You know, so now all of a sudden, at the end of that six months, we have our health care plan together. We have our state plan together. We have tax strategies and we've got our portfolio together. And we know where income's coming from in retirement. So now that is our retirement success blueprint. And then about every six months after that, when we get together to do reviews and just to update those plans, the beautiful thing on that is the plan is always telling us if we're on track or not. It's not some arbitrary statement or what's going on in the markets. It's are we still on pace? Are we on the right path? So we can always point back to the plan. If we have to make small tweaks to get back on it, that's great. But it's not blowing the whole thing up every six months. All right. Well, there you go. So that's the bulk of the podcast this week. Again, if you're thinking about time to change an advisor, some good information for you to ponder uh, from switching from one to another and some things to look out for and uh, keep on top of mind. And if you've got those questions, there's nothing wrong with sitting down and having that evaluation and that conversation. Often, many times, advisors offer those complimentary sessions. So reach out to Mike if you'd like to have that chat with he and his team at crystallaketax.com. That's crystallaketax.com. Don't forget you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, or Spotify uh, on any of those apps you like to use. Just type in Retirement Success Blueprint into the search box of those apps or just stop by the website, crystallaketax.com. And you can drop a line as well while you're at the website, and that's what we're going to finish off with. we got Greg in Geneva. He says, Mike, my company is offering the option of a lump sum pension buyout, or we can just keep the monthly pension throughout retirement if we want. I've asked some folks around the office, a little crowdsourcing, if you will, and uh, it seems to be 50-50 split. So what do you think on the options of uh, you know the lump sum or the monthly pension? I mean, I know you need more data than that, Mike, but what's some things to think about? Yeah, just, just in the aggregate. So you know, kind of big picture here, Greg, for you. So it's also beneficial to other individuals that may be having you know similar conversations or decisions to make. First, Greg, congratulations on your upcoming retirement. You know, if you're if you're having this pension option discussion. So the thing is, it comes to pension. And we we probably every week talk to clients about this. Do I take the lump sum or just do I take the lifetime annuity payment? You know, the income payment. So what we'll typically say is it depends and everybody hates it depends. But here's the thing. It's we'll take a look and say, okay, what's the break even on the income side of it? So let's say, you know, you could get a million dollar lump sum. So you could roll that million dollars over to your IRA, but then you're going to give up the pension. So now that million dollars has to generate income that the pension normally would have. So Greg, what we typically do is say, okay, Let's see, with the way we manage portfolios, you could basically take about 5% from interest and dividends and still have some growth opportunity on it. So on that million dollars, we could generate $50,000 a year for you in interest and dividends, a little over $4,000 a month of income. But let's say the pension was offering $60,000 a year, guaranteed as long as the pension's healthy, right, for the rest of your life. So then you would say, okay, do I want $60,000 a year, but I have to give up the million dollars to take the pension? Or would I rather have 50000 
and still have the million dollars just in case I needed access to it in, in the future. Now, sometimes those numbers aren't as close, you know, it could be 70 and 50 or something. But the real answer, Greg, on what you do with that, what makes sense for your specific situation is what other resources do you have for income purposes? And that means that let's say, Greg, you know, between you and let's say if you're married, you and your spouse are going to get $40,000 a year of Social Security and, you know, you could get $60,000 off the pension. Well, that's almost $100,000 of income you can count on a year. What's your income need, right? And if you didn't really have much other money saved aside or something, is that 100 enough for you? The other alternative is let's say that you had a million dollars saved up in your 401k and now you have this ability to get a million dollar you know, lump sum off your pension. Sure, you could take the 60,000 uh, as a pension income. Sure, you could take the 40,000 Social Security and you still have money in your 401k. Or if you took the lump sum and now you actually have 2 million, the million 401k and the million lump sum on the pension, you still only need that same 100,000 of income. Well, you can easily get that off of the 2 million and you have 2 million which now it's a tax conversation. It's a legacy conversation. You know, do you want to leave a larger amount to your kids, your grandkids, the church, those kind of things. So it truly is when we say it depends, what is your income need? What other resources do you have that would be able to maybe make up for that income shortfall by taking the lump sum? Now, if we don't have other resources and we're just trying to maximize the income, well, then of course you'd probably take the pension, you know, but we can run that analysis for you. We do it every week for prospective clients and clients and just say, hey, based on your specific situation, this is what makes the most sense for you. So Greg, congratulations on A, not only having a pension, but having the option to make decisions with it as well. All right. Well, great question. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast and submitting a question. And again, for others who would like to do the same, stop by Michael's website at crystallaketax.com. That's crystallaketax.com. Com. Mike, thanks for hanging out, my friend. Always appreciate your time. I hope you have yourself a good and hopefully not too busy of a week, but uh, enjoy yourself and I'll see you next time. All right. Take care of yourself, Mark. All right, bud. We'll catch you later right here on the Retirement Success Blueprint with Michael Stewart, founder at Crystal Lake Tax and Financial. Investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Crystal Lake Tax and Financial and Sound Income Strategies, LLC are not associated entities. Crystal Lake Tax and Financial is a franchise of the Retirement Income Source. The Retirement Income Source and Sound Income Strategies, LLC are associated entities.